0: You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. Father, we love you. And Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity to walk with you and to serve you and to hear your voice. And Lord, we just confess we've got so much around us It's easy to listen to so many other things, and we ask that you would help us to hear your voice and to obey. God, we want to be people that hear you, that walk closely with you, and then obey. We honor you, we love you, and everybody said amen. Amen. So in this text here in Acts chapter 20, uh, Paul is leaving Ephesus, and it's this great little, little three verses. And I see four points, four ideas that I think will help us in our steps of obedience in hearing God. And so I see it as, as really we've got this macro calling. You've got this macro idea of what God's called you to do. And sometimes as we're trying to hear God, we, we, we wanna try to break it down into the next step. Like, okay, God, what do you want me to do today? So in week one, we talked about hearing God's voice and that God speaks. So we talked about of first Samuel chapter three, and it's really the idea that we serve a speaking God. And then in week two, we talked about listening and tuning out the distractions and tuning in and being intentional about hearing God's voice. Last week, we talked about different ways that God speaks. We talked about how God speaks through the scriptures and how God will speak to us. Even the Holy Spirit will speak through other people. And, and sometimes we need to be aware that he is speaking, and it might be something that you're not used to. And so we talked about Elijah hearing the still, small voice of God. And Today, I want to get really practical, and I just want to talk about a process, A process where we can start to apply hearing God's voice to our our next step. Like, how do we actually do it? And so, here in this text, it's just really four ideas that that Paul is speaking here. And I think he gives us steps uh, on what to do to hear God's voice and then obey it. All right. So, let's read it together. And it says uh, in verse 22, and now compelled by the Spirit, say, compelled. Uh, see, man, you guys are a little quieter than the first service. I'm just telling you. I know it's not competition, but it's a little quiet. So let's just, can we turn it up a little bit? You all right? Or is this like older people that you're like, I'm too dignified for that, David. <laughs> that's, just, that's not where—that's how I roll. I'm a quiet listener. All right, let's try it again. I'm just going to test one more and see how we do. All right. And now compelled by the Spirit. Compelled? Yeah. Ooh, that was better than the first service. I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, Paul says. It's his confession. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. (laughs) That's the blessed life. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So I just wanna take these four, really four ideas, and we're just gonna look at them one, one at a time. The first is Paul says I'm compelled. Like there's I'm compelled by the Holy Spirit. God at work inside of me. It's a stirring. It's something that God is speaking. It's a weight. It's it's moving me. And then he goes on and he's saying not knowing, not knowing. I mean there's what's going to happen I'm not sure. It's an uncertainty. That's kind of our process. Then he goes into the third one where he says all I know is that it's going to be hard. <laughs> All I know is that there's gonna be resistance. And then finally, he's gonna say, but I have established, it's, I'm already dead and I've got a task to do and I'm gonna do it no matter what, and I'm not gonna quit. And so I wanna take those four steps today and talk about your own journey. And just kind of mirror, look at, as Paul communicates, leaving Ephesus and going to Jerusalem, just the steps in you being obedient to hearing God's voice. So let's talk about this idea, this first one, of being compelled. This first idea of being compelled by the Holy Spirit. When when we think of this word compelled, and the the Greek word compelled is kind of like, it's like being pulled by cords. It's like something that's pulling me. And so I'll illustrate it this way, although this is not being compelled by the spirit, this is being compelled by the stomach, but let me just kind of illustrate it this way. Uh, I'm a a seafood addict, just confession. Uh, Love seafood and my favorite restaurant, in the world is, is Papadose, uh, which we don't have here. So let's just pray it in right now, all right? Let's just, let's just believe in faith. But it's in Denver, and uh, I used to always go up to Papadose. And the, the gem is, is that in the Houston airport, I'm a, I'm a United Airlines guy, and in, the, and in the Houston airport, there is a Papadose. And so one time I took my son Dawson with me quite a few years ago. He was real small on, on, to, on a trip, and uh, we had a really tight connection in Houston. And uh, so I called ahead and had Papado's ready to go. uh, Before we left, the first city in the connecting city was Houston. Called ahead, and then I had little tiny DOS, and I think DOS was about six or seven. And uh, so we are running through the Houston airport. I mean, just as fast as we can. Pay for the seafood to go, Papado's run all the way back, get on the airplane. And right as before we're getting on, I hear last call for Perkins, last call, sit down, last one's on the airplane, open up the seafood goodness, look down to see my son actually was wearing flip-flops, had little bloody feet. And I thought, worth it, worth it. (laughs) I'm telling you, but Dawson, you got to try this seafood. I know you're seven. I mean, it's bad. It's... It's, it's a confession. I'm, I might be confessing sin this morning. I'm not sure. Because it's real. Like the worst one, that's not even the worst one. The worst one was um, about six years ago, I was speaking in Oklahoma City and uh, I flew in on a Saturday, speaking on a Sunday, flying home on a Sunday night. And uh, the pastor picked me up on Saturday evening and he said, hey, uh, glad that you came. He said, I noticed your flight pattern was a little bit strange. Aren't you coming from Colorado Springs? I said, yeah. And he said, Why did you go Colorado Springs to Houston instead of Colorado Springs? Denver, Oklahoma City is a lot shorter flight than Colorado Springs, Houston, Houston up to Oklahoma City. And I said, oh, busted. Like I was like, what, should I tell him the truth? I really didn't want, and I was like, there's a papadose in Houston. And he was like, you mean to tell me you flew, flew over the state of Texas for seafood? I said, yes, yes, brother, yes, yes, I did. Yes, I did, right? It's that, it's that pulling me, it's that it's compelling me and, and, and put that into a spiritual idea. And here's what Paul is saying. He's saying, I feel compelled, stirred by the Holy Spirit. God is at work inside of me. I don't have all the details yet, but I feel compelled. It's God at work inside of me. And so I wanna invite you, since. You are a Christ follower if you said yes to Jesus. Holy Spirit lives inside of you. God is at work inside of you and just like there might be a stirring in the natural towards something that you love. There's something stirring in the spiritual realm of God at work inside of you and he's pulling you. It's 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 you don't have all the pieces but you know that he's stirring and so like for me, undoubtedly, the Lord has put this stirring. Hey, we want to see a church that's all about Jesus, where people come to know Jesus, that have never known him and never walked with him. And then people get really close and they walk closely with Jesus and they, they obey him. And man, when you talk that way, I feel stirred. There's, there's a Holy Spirit work inside of me. I'm compelled to see that happen. A local church where Jesus is the center. Another one for me is just, is reaching young people. And I, you, you know me, you know my story. But, man, when I see young people just set ablaze to follow Jesus in the midst of a culture that's pulling on all of their attention and trying to deceive them, boy, something comes alive inside of me. And so I feel compelled by the Spirit. Like, I I love it when we see young people come to know and follow Jesus. I could go on and on about some of the things that, that the Holy Spirit has compelled me, or we as a church, we are compelled to see Many people in Kansas City come to know Jesus and we are compelled that, man, we believe that people that are far from God that have never had the opportunity to even hear the gospel, let's do what it takes to help them come to know Jesus. Those things are in us. It's, it's in, uh, it, there's, there's, a, there's something in you, there's something in us in a church that's the spirit compelling. And so I want you just to ask this morning, what, what is the work of the Holy Spirit that he's compelled he's compelling he's stirring it's you just it's pulling you all the way to Houston i mean it's pulling you you just you cannot deny this is something on my own i would not care but as a result of the fact that the holy spirit has taken up residency in my life there is a supernatural i care i feel compelled i am stirred and so here you've got Paul, and he's talking in this language of, I can't explain it, but I feel stirred. And he goes on here, and I love the the next phase because it's, it's this statement, this phrase where he goes, I don't, even, I, I don't even know what will happen there. He goes, I feel compelled or stirred to go to Jerusalem, and I don't even know what's gonna take place. And this is the part that's so hard for us. Because... Okay, I feel stirred, and what we want to do is we want to, well, okay, God, you put that passion inside of me. Now, I'll manhandle the plans. I'll take care of it. Thank you for the burden. I, 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 I I'll go from here. I, I got this. No, 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 Jesus, it's okay. I got this. Where if we look at the steps here as Paul's walking in the Spirit, he goes, all right, first I've got, I'm compelled, but when it co- I'm gonna go to Jerusalem, I have no idea what's gonna take place there. And I just wanna encourage you that the first step of obedience is I am, I am stirred. And then this next step is I'm uncertain. And a lot of us never take that second step because we won't take any step until we're certain. Like if there's no certainty, certainty then I'm not sure I was stirred. If I can't define it, whew, I don't know if I want to do it. And yet, over and over in the life of faith, God says, I'll put the burden in and you don't get to know the details. And we go, oh, come on, God. Please let me know the details. Please. Because, God, if I can know the details, then I can depend on me and I don't really have to depend on you. He says, I want you to lean in. I want you to lean in. I I want you to be dependent on me. And friends, that's where I want us to go today. I want us to conclude this series with actually taking steps of action. Like we hear God's voice and then we take actual steps. When we look at Abraham, it's Abraham, Genesis 12. Go, leave the place that you're at and go to the place that I'll show you. We go, the place that I'll show you, you tell me where I'm gonna go and then I'll leave. But just like Abraham and just like Paul, oftentimes God is saying, I've stirred you. I've put this desire in your heart and now I'm inviting you to take a step of uncertainty even when you don't know the details. You know the direction, but you don't know the details. You've got faith, but you don't know the facts. I want you to take steps even when you can't see. Oh, God, show me. Show me the map. He goes, I don't give you a map. I don't give you step upon step. I give you a compass. And you follow that direction. And the life of faith is going in a direction that Jesus has called us to because we feel compelled even when you can't see all the details. And so I wanna invite you to apply to your own life. Like, okay, God, what is, what is the thing that stirs me? Because the truth is, is that as a body, as Radiant Church, God is stirring us on this macro level of who he's called us to be as a church. And that macro level looks like everybody in the church asking that question, God, what have you called me to? And then you play out, your role, your step, your act of faith, and step into the burden, the calling, the ministry, the thing that God's calling you to do. And undoubtedly, you will not have all the details. You will have to step in a direction though you can't see exactly how the future all aligns. And that's one of the most fun things about planning this church. And I know I use a lot of church planting story, but that's because I'm having the time of my life. And I love to talk about it because I'm watching God do miracles. Joshua Hubbard, the guy that just came up here and was all folksy and talks. Hey, how how y'all doing? Alabama, fried food, bless God. You know that guy, Josh Hubbard? Man, Josh Hubbard was the presidential award winner of his Bible college. And I went down to Alabama and I looked at him and I said, brother, I've got a dream. And he was, I mean, he was number one in his graduating class. He had other churches that were actually going to pay him to come work there. Can you imagine that? And I said, hey, I know those guys are offering salaries, but I'm offering a dream. (laughs) And then I went home and said, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, that boy would be crazy to come with me. I said, come on, Josh, pray with me, go with me. So he actually tells a story of going and visiting a church in Washington, D.C., where they were gonna offer him a job, and he just felt compelled to go to Kansas City, just felt stirred, and every time he would pray, he says, I would just sense it was Kansas City, but if you go to Kansas City, Josh, you don't know what's gonna happen. If you go there, there's a paycheck waiting for you, and Josh said he went to Washington, D.C., sat at a restaurant with the church that that was gonna hire him, and he said, he just continued to feel this burden. I feel like it's Kansas City, but this looks good. Lord lead me. And the Kansas City Royals were on the TV, and he just knew. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. He said Kansas City was everywhere. He said, He never noticed the Chiefs. Now he knows that. And he said, just it just every, in his heart, he began to just notice. And for Josh, it's this big faith step of uncertainty and not knowing how it's all gonna pan out. And that's kind of where Paul is here. He's going, man, I'm going to Jerusalem. Macro picture. Boy, this last verse, he says, I've got a task to to declare the good news of the grace of Jesus. And you probably could say, hey, macro, I'm a Christ follower, and I'm going to obey God. But a big chunk of obeying God is day after day, taking these little stories, these little steps, and saying, okay, God, what? What are you calling me to to do today? Like, what does it look like? What's my next step? How do I step out of what's comfortable? And I know hearing that's hard because we live in an age where comfort is the idol. And so to always be saying, I wanna take another step, a step to, to have a burden is costly. To take another step into uncertainty, it's costly. And it gets worse. Look what happens to Paul next. The next step, he says, I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. (laughs) Ha! Bless you. He goes, all I know is that a part of my calling, no matter which step I take as I move forward, there's resistance, there's hardship. And friends, I, I love talking to you week after week about the thrill of following Jesus. And I, I dream about, I, I wanna be, for you, I wanna be somebody in your life that is filled with hope and faith and joy and, and life, but never to neglect the reality that it is a real battle. And this thing really is, a, I mean, it's, it's warfare. And if you are walking, where you're taking risks for the kingdom of God, and you are establishing light where there is currently darkness, And you are walking even in uncertainty to be obedient to what the spirit has compelled you to do. You can guarantee you are one of the people that the spirit of God is at work and alive in and that the enemy wants to destroy. And so as you walk closer and closer with Jesus, you can know man, the enemy wants to destroy the ones that are out to destroy him. Because as you take steps, and you become the hands and feet of Jesus, and you step out of your comfort zone to love others or pray or serve or do whatever it is God's calling you to do, well, then the enemy, he's after you. And so I just don't want that to be questioned or I just want it's just you just got to know because sometimes we face a struggle and we face difficulty and we think I must I must not be in God's will. I must something must be broken. And I just want you to know that even when you're in the midst of hardship, you might be right in the center of what God's called you to do. I mean honestly, I feel like I'm I feel like right now I'm having the time of my life. I feel like I'm I'm doing what God called me to do. But we moved to Kansas City February 25th of 2016. And honestly, on April 6th, five weeks later, six weeks later, my son Justice's birthday. I was, I, 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 I was I literally, I, I missed his birthday because I was laying in bed, sick. And I, I, I mean, here I am in this new city laying in an apartment without a job ooh, and, uh, and sick. I had never even heard of shingles, but apparently that's what I had. I was like, what is that? I thought it was just on my roof. Like I didn't have a clue what it was. And I remember having this moment like, did I just make the biggest mistake of my life? And I wanna just tell you, even even when you're walking through hardship, you can cling to God in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death and know you might be smack dab on what God's called you to and there's still hardship because the enemy wants to pick you off because the enemy's coming after you. And I just want you to be aware of that. Here's Paul. He is compelled by the spirit. He's walking in uncertainty. I don't know what's gonna happen. Might lose my life. And he says, all I know is that there's prison and hardship. And so step one, all right, God, I'm gonna be stirred. And I wanna invite you today. Ask Lord, what are you stirring in me, God? Like, what do you want me to do? You know, like, what do you want me to put my hand to? Like, what do you want me to work on? Like, is there, is it, is it the poor? Is it the nations? Is it, is it, is it serving kids? Is it, is it teenagers? Is it starting the business? Is it, is it restoring the marriage? Is it, what is it? What is the God word big thing that you want me to just chip away at? Like, what's the thing that compels you? Because the body of Christ all working together is the hands and feet of Jesus on planet earth. And God is at work inside of you. You have been reborn. And so the Holy Spirit is at work and his kingdom is being established and he is using you. And so you don't wanna live a life where you're like, I'm just confused and dormant. No, he wants to be at work through you. And so there is a stirring. And if you don't feel a stirring, I wanna invite you to get before God and say, stir me up, God stir something fresh just like if i were to hold a coke can there's a difference between when it's stirred and not stirred stirred it explodes right just something that's stirring like sometimes you get around people that they're just stirred my friend jeremiah man i get around him and every time he wants to talk about orphans in africa it's something in it's it's stirred it's just something it's just amazing it's just it's alive I get around my friend Brian and all he wants to talk about is the unreached people groups in the 1040 window, right? There's just something something that stirred. What is it? Some of you, it's, man, I feel stirred. I feel stirred for the poor in Kansas City. I feel stirred to help six-year-olds come to know Jesus and be discipled. Some of you go, man, I feel stirred to help single moms. I feel stirred to, I don't know, but there's some work of God and he is at work today. And I want to invite you just to take that step, even if, even if you're not stirred and say, okay, God, stir me up. And then when you have just that burden, just like Paul, you go, I have no idea what's waiting for me in Jerusalem, or I have no idea what's waiting for me as I serve. Some of you, you've, you've heard us talk week after week about there's, there's great fulfillment by serving. I'm telling you, it's real. You're scared to death. I'm not going to next steps. Let me tell you this, 100% of everybody who has ever gone to next steps has lived. No one's died. It's not that scary. Okay, just a little plug for next steps. All right, so next step, uncertainty. Third step is this. Okay, God, even though I face resistance, even when it's hard, and trust me, all of us know this, there are times it's very, very challenging. And you just, this is, we, we live, this, <laughs> this isn't heaven yet. And you gotta know, you can be walking in what God's called you to walk in and the enemy's gonna come and attack. Prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And then I wanna get to this last one because then I just love this. This is the famous one. This is is the one that we quote. This is the grr inside of Paul. This is the one that preachers love. It's one of my favorites. He says this. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. I'm going to Jerusalem. I've got the burden. I have no idea what awaits me there. I am uncertain. I know hardship awaits me because the enemy's after me. But I have resolved. It is decided. I am determined. My life does not belong to me. I belong to Jesus. And so my life is his. And so no matter the circumstance, even if it's challenging in Jerusalem, I'm not backing down. Even if it's tough, I'm going to walk in my destiny. I am determined. I will not quit. I am not stopping. I have a calling. Jesus appeared to me in Acts chapter nine, appeared to me brighter than the sun and told me to go and reach people and I'm going to do so. And so hardship will not slow me down. And that's what I'm hoping gets alive in the heart of Radiant Church. I am called. I'm called to make disciples. I'm called to pray. I'm called to reach kids. I am called to tell people who are far from God about how great Jesus is. I am called to help a small group serve the poor. I am, I am called, and I am gonna face some hardship. I don't know where it goes exactly. I cannot see. I don't have a map, but I've got a burden, and I serve a God who's worth following, and so this is my task. This is what God has called me to do the same way that Paul says. This is my task. I'm gonna declare the good news, the gospel of Jesus, the grace of Jesus to the Gentile world, And you say, here is my task. And so it's just taking these steps, starting with God, stir me up again. And God, I'll take a step. It might be at church, might not be at church. Might be something he's calling you to do at your business. Could be something he's calling you to do on your university campus. You could be a high school student today. And the Holy Spirit is putting an idea into your heart and stirring you towards something to help people come to know Jesus on a high school campus. But you say, all right. I don't know exactly, but I didn't sign up for certainty. I signed up to follow the Savior. And I'm telling you, friends, it's the only way to live because you take these steps and your life has meaning. I really am walking with God. I really do have a purpose where I'm doing what he's called me to do. My life is but a mere breath. It's going to be over in an instant, and forever I'll be with Jesus. And for right now. Paul says, Romans 1, I'm a bondservant. I'm a slave by choice. I'm in this for you. It's not for me. It's for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Father, we love you. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to be all in in 2017. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help us, God. Man, would you help us? Would you help us to, walk in such a way where we're actually seeing you at work in our lives in the present tense Jesus help us I pray that even today you would put burdens on hearts even now I feel that, I pray that we would be stirred stir us up God stir us up to pray stir us up let's go into the world and make disciples of all nations Baptize them. Lord Jesus, help us to look at Jesus. Represent him well in our city. God, we really really believe it. We really want in. And I pray, Lord, that you would stir us up in Jesus' name. Give us strength to press through when we don't have all the facts. go through hard times. And I pray for my friends today, God. Lord, as they go to work tomorrow, as they go to school tomorrow, as they go be a light tomorrow and this week, I pray, bless them, God. I pray that they would feel your love and your delight over their lives, and I pray that you would lead them. If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radian Church, please click give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radian Church? Check out radianintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast.